Uh, welcome back to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And we are super excited for this episode. Leah is like mm-hmm. over the moon excited. Um, it's, it's been a good year of interviews so far, and it's only like a month into the yeah, year. Yeah, this, this so. episode drops on February 6th. So we're mm-hmm. going into the second month of the year. And Leah said her whole year has been made. Yeah. So tell everyone, tell everyone who is here with us to talk romance so books. Today, we have the wonderful and amazing Melissa Foster. Uh-huh. So, yes. yes. Welcome yes. to the podcast, Melissa. We are so excited. I'm so excited to be here. So much fun. Our listeners are huge fans. We teased out to our fans um, last week that you were coming on and they were like, what? What? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, she's going to come talk romance with us. So um, everyone is super excited. Uh, Leah, read Melissa's bio and then we can get into all the fun. Okay. Melissa writes sexy and heartwarming contemporary romance, new adult romance, and women's fiction with emotionally compelling characters that stay with you long after you turn the last, I'm assuming it's page, but last is the last word I have. Probably. (laughs) I copied from Goodreads. So, you know. It is page. (laughs) Sometimes it's just Becky. I edited it to make it shorter by one word. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a mess. Um, they keep Melissa, you entertained long after everything. That's right? <laughs> I like to leave Leah guessing so she can fill in the blank. That is how we're doing the next bio. It'll be fill, fill in, in the, the blank. blank. Oh my God. Awesome. Do you, it'd be like a Mad Lip bio. <laughs> I don't that know who, I don't know what author we're going to do this to. We should do a Mad Lip bio. <laughs> That's a really good idea. They I like this idea. They could fill in their own Bible. <laughs> Or their own bio, like that idea. I think you should do that. I don't know. Foster says it's okay, so we should do it. We have Aurora Rose Reynolds coming up. Maybe we'll do it to Aurora. (laughs) She might be game for that. She might. She might. Okay, Melissa. So we are super excited. I'm actually. You are a new to me author. I've only been reading you for the last year, so I'm still digging. Awesome. Through the backlog. There's, there's a lot, a lot to dig through. Yeah. There's a lot I think of books I'm there. writing book number 107. Congratulations. That's amazing. That's a, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, Leah is a longtime fan. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she's read them all. No, I haven't. Like that's okay. how big the backlist is. <laughs> because well, they're, we'll fix that. they're beefy books on top of it. So they take a little more. Yeah. They're more of like a four hour read instead of a two hour read. So, okay, so you said this is book 107. Melissa, how long have you been writing romance? When did you uh, publish your first book? Of romance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it could okay. be your so, very first book ever. When did you write well, your first book? I published my first book in 2009. It was literary fiction, Megan's Way. Um, and then I think I, well, I got into writing romance on a dare from somebody who wanted me to write a book that wouldn't tear their hearts out. So the very first thing I thought of was, who can I kill in this book? Um, <laughs> You're such a so good in, friend. <laughs> I know, right? So in Sisters in Love, which is the first book, the very first book that I ever published in romance um, in the Love and Bloom series, that was, I think in 2012, I think right around 2012. Awesome, that's so awesome. Um, and have you always been an indie author? Now, I know you do have a f- couple books with Montlake, but have most yeah. of your books are indie published? 
Yes. Yes. I, I went with a small press at one point and then took my rights back. Um, I don't think anybody can market your book as well as you can, unless you're with, you know, uh, the Mont big guys. Yeah, yeah. One of the big guys who have the, the power we, behind. We, uh, group Montlake in with the big five. They might as yeah, well okay. be, I mean, they're a machine. Right. They, are. they right. have a, Nobody a can formula as, well as Amazon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, no, cause that's where, I mean, I know there's love, hate relationships with Amazon, but when I go to get a book, that's where I go you to go. Amazon. Well, mm -hmm. and I started when e-readers came out in 2010, <laughs> Leah laughs. I totally got a nook because didn't it make more sense for me to buy an e-reader from a bookstore that sold actual books than some random website on the internet? Oh my gosh. Do you regret that? Yeah, because about six years ago, I switched over to Kindle. And I'm like, I now have, I mean, I, so. <laughs> but they're not compatible. So she had to buy books. Right. Again. I was just going to yeah. say, did you have to rebuy all of your books? Um, some I did, some I didn't. Some of it yeah. is, so in 2000, I think it was 14. And then again, in 2016, there were all those um, uh civil lawsuits, consumer lawsuits, where they sued like Apple books and Barnes and Noble and yeah. Amazon for price fixing eBooks price and fixing. stuff. Sure. Yeah. And I kept getting credits on Nook. Oh, so you and have we, to use them. <laughs> and we don't talk about my credits because it makes my husband a little squirrely. <laughs> <laughs> and he edits our podcast. But like the very first time the cr credits came around, um, a friend was like, how many credits did you get? And I was like, oh, I'm going to look. It was $216 the first time around. Yeah. And, and it was like pennies on a dollar is what you were getting. I know. I know. It's and a lot of books. It's a lot yeah. of books. Yeah. And then, and everyone's like, oh, I had less than 50 or I had 10 cents. And I'm like. I no. Didn't. I Listen, didn't. if your husband asks, you just remind him, happy wife, happy life. That's right? all. No. You say that and you walk away. <laughs> He's totally good about it. But yeah, so I totally bought the nook. But now, like, if I, it's just so easy with Amazon. I know everybody yes, complains about it. Easy. It's just easy. Yeah. And I like I, the I, paper white. Yeah, that's the one that I have. I love my readers on all outlets. Like I know that I have Apple readers who will read on nothing else. And I have no mm -hmm. readers who will read on nothing else. I actually even looked into um, having my own app for reading and, and selling them just that way. But then I thought all the people who have already bought a hundred books, they're not going to want to switch over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think that I'll go that route, but it was an interesting thought, an interesting concept, but people, you know, like me, I would like all my books to be in one place. So I read on my Kindle and I, you know, have everything there. I wouldn't want to switch. Yeah. Well, and for, and I need the white page technology because the blue lights give me all the crazy headaches and eye twitches and stuff. So, um, I like that piece of it. Um, Okay, so what inspired you to switch over to romance? Because if you're first, you know, literary fiction, women's fiction over to romance, I mean, it's not a huge jump, but it's a different well, marketing piece. 
Yeah, so I wrote women's fiction. I also wrote suspense. I wrote mysteries and psychological a psychological thriller. Um, and like I said, I was dared by a good friend actually up here on Cape Cod who said, I dare you to write something that won't tear my heart out. And so I did it on the dare and I started writing the Snow Sisters. And once I got into it and started building the world, I just, I just never wanted to leave. You know, I, I wrote the trilogy and then the third book, I met Treat Braden and Dane Braden. And I was like, so in love with them that I literally saw Treat everywhere that I went. <laughs> so it just kind of grew from there. I love that. I love romance. Like I get why you don't want to leave. It's a yeah. romance. Landia is kind of a magical place. It's not only a magical place, but like what I do with my series, I, I have separate series, right? So I have, I think, 19 series under the Love and Bloom umbrella, but they all connect. Every book, can, every single book can be read as a standalone, but you'll see characters from one series appear in another series. So for example, the very first book, S Sisters in Love, Blake and Danica was the couple and they had another baby in like book 45. So my readers never lose track of their favorite characters, which is my favorite thing because I don't want to say goodbye to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that. Cause I, I'm in love with the steals. <laughs> I oh, am I adore them. in yes. love. So, um, we will get to that. Okay. Do you have a favorite romantic trope either to read or write? Well, one of my favorite tropes is friends to lovers, just because there's so much like when you can see somebody at their worst and and love everything about them and the things that you my son and I were just talking about this, the things that you uh, that annoy you about them. I feel like friends to lovers, you can really talk about those things because mm -hmm. they've got that strong foundation of friendship. And so it's one of my favorite tropes. And I, and I write a lot of friends to lovers because of that. And they're all very different. Um, but I've got friends who I've got couples who knew each other when they were young and snuck into each other's windows, you know, and then I've got couples who, um, who never had anything to do with each other, but they were good friends, you know, until suddenly it clicked. And I just, I love everything about it. I love everything about friends to lovers. I like a, a lot of different tropes, of course. Um, but I think that's probably my favorite. It's a very <clears throat> common favorite friends to lovers and enemies to lovers seem to be one and two back and forth. So. Yeah. And opposites attract, obviously. I mean, when I love to write opposites attract because it's so interesting to watch the character arc and I love the journeys that the characters take me on. And I know that sounds weird because like it comes out of my head, but I never feel like it does. It's like these other people talking to me. So it's a crazy place up there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, your writing process, are you a pantser or are you a totally planner? No, I suck at planning. Every time I plan, I'm That's like, surprising. I'm like a rebellious child. So I'll plan <laughs> something and then I'll, I'll try to write towards it and I'll immediately shoot off in another direction and I'll change my, my, I, my ideas or my directions five times while I'm writing because different things come up. Mm -hmm. But lately I've tried to do not planning, but I've tried to come up with like 10 bullet points, you know, like I know that these big things are going to happen or that they're going to be in this part of, you know, this part of the town and they're going to run into this person. Like I'll know some of the aspects, mm -hmm. um, but I really 
I prefer, and I think I enjoy it a, a lot more when I just let the characters take me on their journey. And do you so. hear the voices? Like you hear the voices oh my God. and they, they are- don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I like my, when my characters come to me, they're normally probably 75% of the time they're fully formed. So they have names and they have images and they have like, I know who they are, what they wear, all of it. Um, and then the other 25% of the time, like they've come to me really strong, but they're missing a piece. And so mm -hmm. then I have to figure out what that, you know, what that piece or the 10 pieces are that they're missing. Um, but yeah, they, um, I hear them, I see them and I keep pictures of them on my computer screen while I'm writing like dozens of pictures. So by the time that I'm done writing, like they're living and breathing and I'm so in love with them. Like I want them to climb out of the computer and just like hug me. <laughs> that is so awesome. That is so awesome. Well, and I have questions. How weird I am, so. I have, and I have questions. So we'll get to that when we get, do you have a okay. favorite kind of hero? Um. A favorite kind. I mean, I so like an alpha, a cinnamon roll, I'm, stern I'm brunch daddy. Um, <laughs> I like alpha heroes a lot, but I mm -hmm. but I really like cinnamon roll heroes too. Mm -hmm. So the stern um, brunch daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? It's uh, oh. Andy Christopher. She calls it the stern brunch daddy. He's a gentleman in the uh, on the streets and a freak in the sheets. Right. Well, see, I, I like my guys to be big and gruff. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I like gruff heroes and I don't like assholes, but I like gruff heroes who, who know what they like, but I like really strong heroines too, who mm -hmm. can give it right back to them. Um, some heroines are, you know, they, they are, every heroine has a different personality. So some are softer, you know, and, and some are stronger and then they show their strengths and weaknesses in different ways. But I really love a strong hero who's not, I guess the most important thing, who's not afraid to stand up for what's right, whether it's for his heroine or for somebody else that's in the story. Like I need my, my heroes, the most important thing is to be so fiercely loyal that they would like tear somebody apart. I hate to say this, mm -hmm. tear somebody apart if they went after their family. You no, know, I would... love a hero that will burn the world to the ground for their heroine. Like yes. that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just, that's the one thing. And, you know, I think the downfall of writing romance is that I look for that in people, you know, who, who I'm, who I see in real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, and I look for that loyalty and I, and I'm that loyal with friends and family and, and, you know, that's my personality trait is to be that loyal. So it's really hard in real life when you're creating these fiercely loyal people and they don't often exist in real life. Like I can, I have a handful of people that I know, um, who are that fiercely loyal, probably two handfuls. But, yeah, um, I think so. One of the heroes, and I love, and I love the silver. I mean, the love seals. them. Um, yeah. Are the steels on Silver Island? I love them, but I actually so I just kind of dabbled into the Braden Montgomerys of Pleasant Hill, and okay. I read uh, Sweet Sexy Heart, oh. and so that um, the heroine in that book. She's so sweet and so kind and so gentle, yeah. but I loved that she would, she did what she needed to do to get her voice heard. 
Absolutely. She said the words. She, you know, when she needed a break or she had had enough, you know, she put her boundaries there. And he also the hero in that book was so respectful of her boundaries. I'm like, that doesn't happen. (laughs) He is like the most swoon worthy hero I have ever written in my entire life. I think Jax Braden, who I'm writing right now is at at par probably with Dash, but Dash Pennington, I waited probably three years to write his book and he blew me away. And he was, he was respectful and he was caretaking, but not in an overly, you know, like she couldn't take care of herself kind of person. Um, But it's important to me, even when I have sweet heroines, that they're strong in their own right. You know, I, I don't want to create all these, a bunch of romances where, um, the women's are damsels in distress because come on, it's 2022. We can fucking, Oh, can I curse on this? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We can fucking rule the world. We are women, you know? (laughs) Right. I just, I think that's super important and you can be sweet and you can be quiet and you can be timid and you can still be powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that series, and I haven't read all of it. I've just started to dabble into that series. The walking club, <laughs> the little old ladies in that walking club. Oh my God, I in love that. <laughs> Pleasant Hill, Oak Falls. Holy crap, they were a hoot and a half. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think the Brob Brigade on Silver Island is like oh, my favorite. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. And Lenore cracks me up okay, in every so, book she just she says shit that just makes me laugh so hard i want to be her when i grow up i would love I a novella of lenore and her husband's yeah. love story i know just i know everybody no, wants novellas of like the parents and grandparents <laughs> i wish i had mm-hmm. more time to write them yes. i like these ideas i, I, I would yeah. read that <laughs> just she's one of those characters that i'm just like you know that her love with her husband was like true in the soul, in the fiber love. And then she lost him and kind of in a fairly dramatic way. And we hear about that in Archer's book, which is coming out. Yes. yes. This well, this episode drops on Sunday. The book comes out on Wednesday, the 8th. Wait, did you get an arc of Archer's book? We did. We did. We you both did? just okay, finished good. it. Yes, we both okay. just finished it. So we know things. Yes. <laughs> we do know things. But we Don't won't spoil. <laughs> we won't spoil. Um, but, you know, we learn about how she lost her husband in kind of this traumatic way. And after reading Archer's story, I just want more words from him. I know. I, I just, know. I don't know. He reminds me a little bit, the grandfather, some of the things he says and his passion for the people he loves reminds me a lot of my dad and I lost my dad about 11 years ago and reading that story I was like okay because my dad was the big gruff guy that was intense and fierce but incredibly intelligent and so you I when as I was reading this book I was like okay I get that kind of man so can I (laughs) need that story so I have to tell you something you have to go back and read my Weston Bradens okay okay I will send you every one of them. Just <laughs> contact Lisa and ask her to send you every one of them. You have to read them because Hal Braden is probably the patriarch of all my series. He is the man. Like now, he, okay, so is that the Love and Bloom Bradens? Uh, they're all Love and Bloom, yeah. But it's the Bradens. Um, they're at Weston, so they were just called the original the Bradens. Okay. Okay, so it starts at Lovers at Heart. Lovers at Heart. Lovers at Heart reimagined. 
Okay. Yeah, Lovers at Heart was the original one. And then a couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to give them um, a little bit more of a backstory, like give the readers a little more. So <laughs> I rewrote it, um, but basically kept the same story, but gave you more information about what happened. Um, and it's called Lovers at Heart Reimagined. Okay. Hey, Leah, I know what I'm doing on my snow days. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My kids are home. I have to, I have to help them. Don't be parent. Um, okay. So, and Lisa, I was, or Melissa, I was trying to figure out here um, through all of this, how many active series do you have currently? Um, okay. So active meaning that I'm still writing in? That you're still yes. writing in them. Okay. So I think I have five that I'm still writing that I'm currently writing, but I okay. have books planned for my previous series that when I have time, I'm going to be writing them. Okay. But currently I'm writing um, series for Montlake. You know, I have the Silver Harbor series. The third book is coming out in April. I have the Whiskeys at Redemption Ranch, which is a new one. Mm -hmm. um, I have uh, the Bradens and Montgomery's. And I have, you're really taxing me here. I have to remember everything. I know we're asking the hard <laughs> questions today. I know. I have the Wicked's, um, the Wicked's Dark Nights at Bayside. And there is a fifth series. I should, I, I'm going to need to pull okay, up my so Are you writing more whiskeys too? Like We got Whiskey, Dark Nights at Redemption Ranch. Yes. Silver Harbor. Steals oh, at Silver oh, Harbor. Oh, that's what it was, the Steals. Uh, yeah, the, the Steals, steals at Silver oh, Island. you know, yeah. the book that you're releasing in three days. <laughs> that's the series we forget. Oh my God. I'm Melissa, it's okay. It's, I mean, well, because, so I was going through Fantastic Fiction looking at all your series and I'm trying to figure out which was current and which yeah. wasn't because one of the things that you do incredibly well and mm -hmm. We believe you might be the queen of this in romance. And okay, I want to hear it. <laughs> baby baby math. math. How do you oh. do your baby math so well? Okay, I can't even take credit for that. That is my assistant, Lisa. She <laughs> is neurotic about counting exact. Like, we try to do it together. I'm always wrong. She's always right. She's like, just and stop. She gets bonus points for that, right? So every yeah. time that I that I say something that's right, I have to call her immediately and go, that's my bonus point. I want that freaking <laughs> bonus point because I know I'm like a hundred points behind her. So you are not good at baby math. Lisa am, is good at baby math. I think I'm okay. I think I'm like pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. But Lisa is phenomenal. She is, she, I can call her any time of day or night and say, okay. I know that um, Abigail was born, uh, Abigail is Josh Braden and Riley Banks Braden, their child. And I'm like, okay, I know that she was pregnant in Story of Love. I know that she was born and I can't remember which book it was. So I think she's like almost three. And Lisa will be like, she's three years and two months and seven days. <laughs> so funny I'm like thank you. you are the queen of that <laughs> she, she should get bonus points for that too because honestly a lot of authors are starting to write like second generations and different things like that and we actually saw something play out on Facebook a couple weeks ago an author has had someone pregnant for two years oh my god <laughs> and oh and then there was they a... misplaced like five children <laughs> oh no mm -hmm. and no, she's like, like Okay. I I'm not going to, I really want to know who it is. So I know the book, but I'm not going to ask you because that's not a nice thing to do, but wow. 
Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Can't make those readers. You know, avid readers. They they watch. My readers take notes. They want to know everything. And I wanted to mention to you. Um, you wanted to know which series were current and all of that. Do you know that I have a reader goodies page on my website? So no. There, yeah, there's a on the menu. There's a drop down under freebies, and it says reader goodies. That has you're going to be blown away here. It has family trees. It has character, all downloadable family trees, character maps. It has checklist by series, checklist by publication date. It has, it has a map of silver Island. I do has, love that map. Like, I, I think it's so cool too. that you have that. Yeah. I love the map. I, too. I actually was like, and I haven't looked on your website to see if you have merch because I was like, Oh my God, I, I have really a whole store. Like, I would like a silver Island mouse pad. Like yeah, well, oh, we, have a mug. A we have mug. we have mugs, we have mouse pads, we have blankets, we have phone covers, we have water. You can never have too many coffee mugs, and we even have aprons. There's nothing we don't have. <laughs> I mean, the what's the coffee shop on uh, Silver Island? Barista. Uh, we have yes. oh, we have sweet barista glasses. I'd get mine right now. I did see those. It was there. a clear a clear cup. Yeah. Yes, yeah, with, with a pink the red, lid. We have the ones with the red, the pink top and the, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see those. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Leah, just so you know, if you want to be my Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> we love merch. Like I think Lisa, Sharon, Lisa, Sharon, Lisa and Sharon are two of my, um, two of my greatest assistants, my right arm and my left arm. And we love merch. Every time that we get something new in the store, we're like, oh my God, we need it. <laughs> I like good merch. I do yeah. like good merch too. Okay, that's Mostly good to know. Just I will like a make coffee sure mug because you'd have like I use coffee mugs for everything because if it doesn't have a handle, like I shouldn't be using it. <clears throat> if you send me an email, I'll send you guys some merch. So just but you have to remind me or I'll forget. That was very sweet. But we will make sure we will for our listeners, you guys will get mm-hmm. um we will link it the merch store and Melissa's website in our to on the, the show, shelf notes. show notes so that you That's guys awesome. can go over and look at all the merch because we do love good merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you link the reader goodies page so yes. that they know where of it course. is? That yeah. would be awesome. I absolutely will because <laughs> I'm totally going to go stop it. <laughs> because, okay, so one of the things that, so you do, we know that now Lisa is in charge of Melissa's baby math. Yes, um, yes. But with your stories being so interconnected, what's the good and the bad of that for you as an author? So the good of it is that I get to never say goodbye to my my people that I create. And that to me is everything. Because even though they're fictional, I am convinced that when I am 95 and have dementia, I'm going to be living in that world. And I'm going to tell everyone about my boyfriends. And so I am I'm going to keep building this world so that I will have a very rich fantasy life when I'm older. So that's the plus. Um, the, the downside of having interconnected series is that you have to be hyper vigilant and acutely aware of all of those connections. Because for example, if I think that Treat Braden is going to be friends with, um, with Jock Steele, then I have to think about all the books that they might be in together and I have to look ahead so that if is there any chance that treat would have run into the other steals and how will that impact their stories you know there's a lot to think about when you have interconnected stories now I do know a lot of authors who will have somebody appear in a book and then you'll never like you know they'll say that they're friends with somebody in a book 
but then they don't follow through in other books. And that's okay too. A lot of people do things like that. I don't typically do that because when I make friends, I make friends for life. So, and that's how I do it in my books. When they make friends, they're friends for life. Um, so that's, I think that's the downside because you're locked in time-wise, you know, let's say that I'm, the book I'm writing right now is taking place in spring and summer. Well, the next book that I'm writing is in a different series, but it kind of crosses over. So I always have to make sure that even though they're different series that we're in line time-wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We actually, and well, and we see that a little bit between Silver Harbor and Steels at Silver Island, there is some timeline merging yeah between those two stories a lot um, and it actually makes for a really engaging in-depth reading experience that's wonderful because to hear we because we see some things and again guys we are not spoiling this book because you are going to want to grab this book on wednesday <laughs> but you see things from a different perspective a perspective mm -hmm. that i yeah. personally didn't really think about especially like you know, maybe we will. We know the premise of that book that yeah. um, the sister's mom has died from the effects of alcoholism yeah. and cancer, right? Cancer too, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. And um, there's pieces of that in this, in the new book coming out um, on Wednesday, uh, Caught by Love, which is Archer's book, which We'll talk about that Hulk of a man here in a second. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> his mind. <laughs> um, but so, but I didn't think about Mrs. Steele's, the effect that that loss had on her. That was her best friend. And mm -hmm. we see pieces of it and maybe we will, but it actually made me love maybe we will even more. Really? Oh, it did. I loved that story. And so it just made it even that much more complex and engaging yeah. because now I, I see the, the experience and the trauma and the journey that even got them to that point where they were in maybe and the we love, Shelly's love for these girls and their mm -hmm. family and their mother who, God, when I think of their mom and everything she went through and the love she had for her father, I mean, for her husband, and what it took for her to get to that island in the first place, you know, and, and then you see Shelly Steele just like embracing who she yeah. is, faults and all. And I, I, I'm not going to give away spoilers either, but I do love the way that Shelly talks about how thing, how to handle things, mm -hmm. um, yeah. even when there are, when people make decisions that you would not necessarily make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. And even when you don't agree with somebody, you have to love them and respect their choices because right. it is their choices. That's exactly and, it. And it just, anyway, I do love Shelly Steele. Like we already knew she was kind of badass when we meet her in yeah. Jock's book. <laughs> and then. Yeah, but you have to think of who she comes from. Right. 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 I mean, her mom is Lenore. So That's, I mean, just, she's got big have, shoes to fill. I have to tell you, I write notes on my hand, as you can see right there. Um, and I do it all the time. And every time now that I write a note, I think of pythons about the grandmothers, you know, the, the bra oh. brigade, right? Going to the mm -hmm. python strip club, yes. coming back with this. With their hands. Yes. That, like the stamps, the glitter stamps. They're so <laughs> naughty, those ladies. Um, okay. That. So let's talk a little bit about... Uh, Silver Island. 
and your love okay. affair. I call it the love affair with the East Coast, which yeah. I live in Ohio, but I was born in Philly and I love the East Coast. Yeah. Um, you have a love affair with the East Coast, although East I Coast do. and then the other there's another setting in Colorado, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So because yes. you're an East so Coast why? girl. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm from Maryland, um, but my my heart and my love has always been on Cape Cod. Like that is, I finally, in May, I packed a suitcase and I said to my son, who is an adult, he's living in my house in Maryland, uh, he's a musician. And I said, I'm going to the Cape and I don't know if I'm coming back. I brought two suitcases. All the rest of my stuff is in Maryland. And I headed up here with a friend. Um, and I've been here ever since and I have not gone back. So my love affair is definitely with the East Coast. Like I love Maryland, Virginia. I love um I love Cape Cod. I mean, Cape Cod is where I've been coming since I was a kid and spending summers up here. So it's really, again, where my heart is. Um, Colorado, I'm, I'm not really sure where that love came from, except that my oldest son had gone to school there for a while. And I, I just had good feelings about it. Um, and so when I, and when Treat came to me years ago, he, I mean, he basically said to me, I'm from this town, this fictional town in Colorado. That's where I'm from. And I was like, okay, that's what we're doing. I mean, and he came after the Snow Sisters, which are also in Colorado, which are in a different small town. So it kind of bloomed from there. I don't know that I, I guess when they came to me, they were like, this is where we're going to be. And I just kind of went, okay, I hear you. <laughs> like I can um, work with that. And, yeah, and yeah. so the inspiration for Silver Island is Cape Cod and well, the yeah, islands it, in and around. Yeah. The, and honestly, I spend my time here. I don't go to Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket, um, but I wanted to create an island that had the, the feel of the things that I love, but mm -hmm. I wanted it near the place that I love. So, cause I have lots of series. I have series seaside summers, Bayside summers. They're all set on Cape Cod. The wickeds at Bayside are on Cape Cod. So I wanted to take this away from Cape Cod and give it sort of an entity of itself. But I, I love world building and I love building towns and, and setting it on an, a fictional Island allowed me to build everything, the towns, the people in the towns, um, you know, how the towns differentiate from each other. Uh, I could come up with all the community events. I just, I love every, every aspect of it. So yeah. I love in Archer's book, we get their winter walk for the yes. island. I love yeah. that. I was like, yeah, that is a fabulous idea. Cause so I live near Lake Erie and, uh -huh. um, on there's several islands up in and on you know, the Lake Erie. And I was like, that's totally something they would do at put in Bay or on Kelly's Island or something like that. Like, right? you know, Just community oriented. Yeah. Mm -hmm. did, did you read my true love? Oh, yes. okay. So Jules, yes. let's talk about Jules and Grant. Okay. So Grant is like the perfect grumpy sunshine, like book yeah. that like I've ever read. Like it is, he's like the perfect grump and I just love Jules. Oh, it I actually was one of my top it. reads of 2021 because Yay. I love them so much. Oh, she totally so like she totally licked Grant and she's like, I did. he is mine. And I'm like, I licked him. He is mine. Whoa. Well, whoa. I try to do, I try to like touch on and give voice to 
some really difficult topics mm -hmm. to write about in romance. So with Grant, we had the amputation of his leg and really coming to grips with how to live his life when the life he now could live was so different than the one that he absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. um, and with Jules, you know, she's a cancer survivor and her personality is very different than everybody else on that island. Um, but I love how she owned it. What I um, loved about that is, is, so I'm the mom of a medically fragile child. My 18 year old okay. son is a liver transplant kid. And, you know, we did, he, he suffered for a lot of years and we looked, you know, we were looking down death's door while we waited for a new liver. And Jules and her happiness and her brightness, while it, it definitely was genuine, like you totally know yeah. that she embraced life and felt every moment. But she also had her sad moments. And while she tried to shield them away from other people, she never yeah. shielded them away from Grant. I know. And I loved that. And I felt like her character and her struggles and her own dealing with trauma and, you know, a little bit of survivor guilt there and what she had experienced and stuff. And she at times felt like she had taken things away from the family because she needed the attention because of being sick. I just, I love them both. They're so, they're so great. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I don't uh, I don't know if you know this, but I mean, I've written about um a heroine who is blind. Did you did you know that? And I did touched not by know. love. Yeah, touched by love. And I've written about PTSD and I've written about um early onset Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. I I just I try to give everybody a voice. I had one of my heroines loses her leg during the romance during the story. Like I know a lot of people do an amputee in the story, mm -hmm. they've yeah. already lost their leg. Well, in Thrill of Love, um, we get a cancer diagnosis and a choice is made. And I don't wanna give you all the spoilers, but I did something in that one that not many people, I don't know of any other authors, I'm sure there are some, but I don't know of anybody else who yeah. has done a story like that. Well. And Grant dealing the way you dealt with Grant's amputation and his function, you brought up things in that book that, you know, as an able-bodied person, I had never thought about like showering outside of your own normal space, or yeah. if you spend the night at someone's house, how you're getting up and going to the restroom in the middle of the night, like little things that for us, we don't mm -hmm. think about, but for granted you put it in that story and you put it all out there and it was so beautiful and so well thank done. You. Thank and you. One of, one of the important things that I was, when I was writing that one, I, this seems like a little thing to some people, but to me, it was a really big thing for Grant because he was, you know, he was a warrior. So for him, and I'm, and I'm sure it's not just in my head. I'm sure I put it in the book to, <laughs> to feel like if he's in bed with Jules, and somebody breaks into the house, he can't just go run after that person. He mm -hmm. can't just stand up and and defend Jules. That was an issue for him that he had to deal with and overcome, you know? And, yeah. and I think people don't think about those types of things. Um, so I tried to bring voice to all of those difficult aspects that really do have an impact emotionally on the person that, that you know, that we're dealing with. Right. Well, and one other thing I loved about that book is the art therapy aspect to it, where he, he doesn't go to therapy. He's not doing it, but he does it like on his own, but Jules is sneaky. 
yes. and, and keeps everything. And I think like that, cause I, I was an art major in college and like, that was like one of my things, like just getting like feelings onto a canvas. And I thought like, that was such a profound moment, like where he got all of the anger, he got all of the dark feelings and he put them like paint to canvas. Yeah. But then he was like, it's done. I can get rid of it. Like it's out. I can move on to the next like moment I have to get out. I loved how she stole things out of the trash. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) Very ninja, right? Mm -hmm. I want to say one thing about art therapy. Have you, you might have read this if you've read so many of my books. Have you read True Blue? Yeah. I love that. Painting mm -hmm. in the junkyard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to bring that one up for you. Yeah. That actually, I love that entire story. Like, I think like that Truman is probably one of my favorite characters that you have written. Yes. That makes me so happy. (laughs) I love true. I love true. Some of my books, I wait years to write. True Mm -hmm. was one of them. Um, The Wicked Aftermath was another one. Oh, that's a good one. And I cried through writing 75% of it. I'm talking, sitting at my typewriter, I mean, at my computer, bawling my eyes out. (laughs) Like my keyboard was soaked when I was writing that book. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But boy, did I cry. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I'm not always a crier of books, but that was- You do like to bring the emotion because I'll tell you when I read um, Jock's book, Tempted by Love- and little Miss Hadley, like <laughs> oh, you got it us with the owl and good God, I was like, lady, stop! My heart can't <laughs> take it anymore. <laughs> I love you for saying that. <laughs> I just I'm love like, that Hadley is like a little grumpy, like of her own. Okay, so she. Yeah. So let's talk Archer's book, Caught in Love or Caught oh, by I Love is out on February the, uh, is it on the 8th or the 9th? 9th. The 9th. Wednesday. I release on Wednesday. Okay. So February 9th, uh, Caught by Love. This is Archer Steele's story. And Archer is like the manifestation of the Hulk in human (laughs) form and Mm -hmm. grumpy, grumpy, grumpy man. (laughs) But really is a tip on his shoulder. He does. But incredibly I, I like, had a hard serious. time liking him at first. Like I, I texted Becky, I was like, he's kind of a dick. I don't know if he's, I like him. Well, I he's the hardest, hardest hero I've ever written because he came so close to me smacking him at one point. Oh, um, Leah did. Yeah. I wanted to dick punch him really hard. Yes, I know, I know, I know. And I okay, so I blame. Lisa for this because (laughs) at one point I said (laughs) at one point I said I said oh my god he's such a dick I cannot write this and she's like it's Archer he is supposed to be a dick you're doing Mm -hmm. exactly what you're supposed to doing and I'm like oh my god my readers are not used to this I mean I had to say true to him but I needed that pat on the back. I needed for her to go, it's okay. You definitely should do that. It's okay. Like I needed that because he, there's one scene. And all I will say is when he walks into her boutique the first time. Oh my God. I wanted to smack him so hard. Yes. So did I. So did I. So hard. But that's Archer. That's Archer. And I couldn't take that away from him because I don't believe in, writing 
just to make people happy. I believe in writing and staying true to the character and mm -hmm. letting them find their own happiness. And sometimes it's rough, you know, yeah. sometimes you have a little bit of a dick of a man that you have to kind of, you know, shake around a little bit until he realizes that, um, that there are other ways to do things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think we needed that from him because, you know, when you get the backstory of him with his grandfather and yeah. this nobleism about him that he has taken on what he has taken on all the problems like he feels like the vineyard is his responsibility the family and the dynamic within the family is his responsibility nobody else is saying that to him this is all that he's taken on because these are the words that he was given from his grandfather and he's such a serious person in nature that you know I told Leah, I said, he is a typical firstborn boy. Like, this is, my brother is an asshole. This is like my brother. Nobody asked him to do this shit. He just takes it on. It's not his That's job. So yeah. Um, but I think we need it, like, the scene, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a scene in a restaurant in New York City where Indy, like, Love I it. thought that scene was super swoony when mm -hmm. he kind of yeah. hulks his way in and is like... She good. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, like, it was so Neanderthal. Like, I just, I loved what? it. I loved it. So. I know. I really love him. And yes, he is, he's the closest to an alpha hole that I will ever write probably. But I just, I fell hard for him. Yeah. And okay. So our tagline for him now, we changed it. Now it is, um, what was it? Um, I should have looked it up. It's like arrogant, <laughs> brash and something else, the man you love to hate until he's in your bed. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a little bit of a Neanderthal. Because Indy Words just couldn't not... stop. She couldn't say no. She I would know. say no, and then she would say yes. I know. A lot. Her, <laughs> a lot. She was weak. She did was you weak like the Valentine's Day cards? Yes, <laughs> I did. I yes. thought it was perfect for them. It was they, so perfect for them. They, yes, yes. Um, okay, so... So we have um, Caught by Love coming out on February 9th, but then what's next after that? Oh my gosh, I have to think. Okay, March is, um, March 23rd, I think right around there is um, Crazy Wicked Love, which is which is Dwayne Gunner Wicked. He goes by Gunner. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, that book is amazing. So that is a Friends to Lovers um it's not like a dating coach type so it's the player gets played so sydney has sydney is his roommate they were friends in the military she lives in his house um there's never been anything between them and she works at the dog rescue with him which basically she helped to build um so they're best friends in every way but Gunner is the guy who brings home a different girl from the club every week, you know, or every other week. And so Sydney's there and she has to listen to these girls sneaking out. So um, she decides that she, she is madly in love with him and she either has to move out and, you know, get a life and try to get over him, or she's going to give it one good shot to get him because he sees her as you know, this, this tomboy, one of the guys, it, basically that's it. Just one of the guys. Um, and I don't want to spoil it. And it's so easy for me to spoil it. So I'm going to try not to. Um, so she, she decides 
the girls give her an idea without realizing they're giving her an idea uh, that guys want what they can't have. And so mm. they always say that she, so if you want to get a guy, get a wingman, pretend like you're with that wingman, and then you'll get all these other guys. So she conjures up this idea that she's going to ask Gunner to be her wingman to help her get the, get the attention of a fictional guy. She, she is not naming this guy. She is saying this is a fictional guy in her head, but she's not going to tell him that. And, uh, and so, and she makes this fictional guy exactly like him um, so that she can figure out how to get him, right? Cause he's going to give her ideas and she can't think up a name. She gets stuck and she's trying to think up a name when he's asking her about it. And she turns around, she's like pacing, ready to give up on her plan. And he gets a text from Xander and he's like, Xander. And she's like, yep, that's it. It's Xander, his cousin, <laughs> his fucking cousin. Oh. So he, she's in love with his cousin. Oh my God. The book is so friggin' good. I'm not going to tell you anymore because I'll, okay. I have, wait, I have like a diary of the mouth. I will spoil everything. <laughs> well, don't spoil. So, uh, crazy wicked love comes out in March and then we're back to silver Island, right? For the last silver Harbor. Silver Harbor for the last sister's book, right? Deirdre and Jagger. Amazing oh, that one's going to be so much fun because Jagger's kind of like a a vagabond hippie. in a way. He, he is a vagabond hippie, lives in his van, and Deirdre is a buttoned up attorney. Type and, A. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good, you guys. wait. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I can't even tell you. It is amazing but then after that do we go to colorado with the new cowboys no we're no, back well, to pleasant hill and oak falls with right the for jackson jordan oh so, which and with yeah so jackson jordan is the one i'm writing now and i did something that i've never done before i never let my guys like i don't do love triangles or and i never ever ever do cheating and there's no cheating in this book but this is basically what happens if you find your soulmate but she belongs to somebody else well but we She's, we did hear about her in yes. Archer's book. There's yes, a little yes. tidbit of information that we there we hear definitely about. is yes in <laughs> Archer's book, and you also met you would have met her in Hot for Love in Nick Braden and Trixie Jericho's book. Um, that's where we're first introduced to her. Uh, <clears throat> so there's yeah there's some good stuff here, and and there will be a follow up book which will be part of the Redemption Ranch book. So Jordan's mm -hmm. sister went missing years ago. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to tell you about that. Um, but <laughs> she's like, I'm going to give you a little and yeah, hook you and yeah. leave you hanging. Um, so basically we're, we're, we're reading Melissa's new books every month up until June. <laughs> then we're got a break in June and we're going in July. Yeah, That's July. when we get to go to Colorado. Yes, that is July. My gosh. Not till July, not till July. I, I used to be able to write 10,000 words a day. I can't do that anymore. My brain it's okay, is just like, but I mean, oh, I love a cowboy and I, I do, I love a cowboy. So I'm super excited, super well, excited for cowboys. It, so you should read, um, searching for love will introduce you to the redemption ranch whiskeys. Okay. So if you get a chance, read searching for love. And if you haven't yet read it, read she loves me because in she loves me you read Ooh, that's you meet, a good one yeah and you and you meet marshall um who's harley's brother and he was at redemption ranch for a little while so that's another way to get to know the redemption ranch 
you know, what they do. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so she loves me and, um, searching for love, searching for love is the Bradens and it takes place partly in Colorado and partly in, um, Silver Island and okay. around Silver Island. So, but if you love hot cowboys start, you've got to read destined for love, which is Rex Braden. Oh my God. He will freaking steal your heart. Uh, then we've got Luke Braden who raises gypsy horses and calls them the, his girls. And it's, it's <laughs> such a great book. And then Wes Braden who runs a dude ranch and, uh, and his heroine is a, um, is a really, really sweet librarian who's had a crush on him forever. It's just, it's a really great a librarian story. and a cowboy. I mean, yes. I can totally and get into that. The librarian is afraid of everything. And her friends take her to the dude ranch. She thinks she's going on a spa weekend. So it is so good. It is so good. And then, um, and then Nick Braden, hot for love. That one will knock your socks off. So, so there's your cowboys to catch you up. And then we go to redemption ranch and, um, the way that I came up with, or you had asked me at one point, why cowboys? Yeah. Why Mm -hmm. cowboys? Okay. So they're still dark nights. They're still bikers. Um, but these the redemption ranch guys came to me. Like I didn't pick them. They came to me (laughs) when I, when I was writing, she loves me. And I met Marshall and he was telling me where, you know, who saved him. Like it, it was diesel and these guys. And, and I, I mean, I met them all, you know, in his head, they, even the ones that didn't make it to the page, like they were there, they were like, hello, this is, we, we are ready to be written. Um, and then when I wrote searching for love, I got to meet them all front and center and fell so desperately in love with them. And I thought they just, they need their stories told. Um, so redemption ranch is a ranch that hires ex cons and ex drug addicts, and they have a whole therapy, um, a whole therapy company right there on the ranch. So working on the ranch is part of their therapeutic process. It gives them a mission, gives them something to, um, to feel good about while they're working through their therapy. Um, so, and I love the whole premise, uh, mm-hmm. of it. And I love yeah. that they can give so many people second chances. Oh, there's another, another book, um, the gritty truth. So oh, that's in, a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. So in that one, you met Simone and Simone went out mm. to redemption ranch. That's where they took her when mm. the drug guy came after her. So, um, and that's, and so you'll see Simone on redemption ranch and she's probably, I'm not going to tell you exactly what, but she will have a story. Okay. Okay. All of this is awesome and good stuff. You guys make sure you pick up and your you're copy welcome for adding like 17 like, books to your TBR. She's written 107 <laughs> books. We just added them all to everybody's TBRs. So, um, Yay. pick up caught by love. It releases on February 9th. Um, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We are so, we're so delighted to have you here with us. Thank you. It was so fun. And I'm a talkaholic, so I'm sorry if I talked too long, but thank oh, you. I really enjoyed no, every fine. minute of it. We're really okay with talkers. We love it. <laughs> we love it. So um, thank you so much. And like I said, guys, make sure you grab uh, Caught by Love, releasing February 9th. That was another great interview. It was. This is going to be a banner here for the podcast it is it is and i got my unicorn author coming in the second half of 2022 so you do but we are not telling we are not telling it's a secret 
secret. It's a super secret. But it's going to uh, be amazing. It's so amazing. <laughs> guys, you guys, there are so many great books coming out. And we have got some opportunities to chat with some pretty phenomenal authors. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Anyway. 2022 anyway, so. might be the year of Mondays, but for us, they're all good Mondays. Mm. Pretty much. I'll take a Monday if it's if it's like tonight. Right. <laughs> um, okay, Leah, it is that time again for book. <gasps> the <coughs> oh, <excuse> week. <laughs> week all by myself. It's week. <laughs> um, Leah, what's your book of the week? So my book of the week is Kevin by Riley Edwards, because as we all know, I'm a suspense junkie and Riley Edwards is one of my automatic one-click authors. Like she writes a book and I will read it. Um, Kevin and Layla are thrown together in a tense situation where it's hard to figure out who to trust, like the, like who, like in her organization, like, can he trust her? Like what's going on? There's a lot of like up and down and like, it's just, it's wonderfully written. But there are moments that show, that show just how phenomenal like Zane Lewis is as a character. He is the owner of the company that Kevin works for. And he, if you've read our, like, listen to our special ops <clears throat> draft, he was my, my team leader because he is that awesome. But one thing I love about these books is Briley Edwards can write a monologue like nobody's business. So if you, you have say- not read her, she does her character's monologue so well. Okay, they give good monologue. Um, They give good monologue. So my book of the week is actually a thruple romance. Well, you do keep talking about this one. Yes, Down and Dirty by Mary Carr. Um, There is no sword crossing in this thruple. They keep to their sides. Just saying, no sword crossing. (laughs) Um, The premise of the book is single mom Jess is homeless and she's just trying to get her life back on track. A series of events have left her homeless and she has a young son and she's been surfing from one friend's couch to the next. And now they're sleeping in her car. She parks her car out in front of the building that the guys own and that the one guy has his doctor's office in and the other guy, the next floor up is the other guys. Um, He owns a rehab construction company. So that's in this building and then their apartments on the top floor. And, um, and by luck has it, they see her in the car with the little guy and they invite her into their home and give her a chance and give her a job. And, um, so do they live together? The guys are best friends and roommates, but no sword crossing. Okay. Um, it's Tony and Reese and Tony is this. Did you, did you say his name right as you read the book? No, I did not. It was Rice. Uh, Tony is this big, giant Italian guy from a big, giant Italian family. And he owns the construction rehab company. And Reese is a doctor. And um, it's a bit of a slow burn, but it's a slow burn that makes sense. Because she has to learn to trust them. And they are also fighting against their feelings for her because they don't want to cross lines in their friendship but then they decide mm. to so this is new new to them too like the yes they've never shared a girl before so it's a new thruple Ooh. experience 
And it kicks off her Italian Stallion series. So she's going to, the whole Italian family is going to get series of books. Nice. Right? Right. I like this. (laughs) So we have Galentine's Day coming up on Saturday, February the 12th. Mm-hmm. We do. We are hosting our first ever Galentine's Day event, which is technically the 13th, but we are having it on the 12th with a bartending 101 class. So if you would like to join us on Saturday, February 12th by a Zoom, you can RSVP on our website and we will get the information out to you. Yep. Uh, we also have really cute Galentine's Day t-shirts in our merch store on etsy.com slash I love H-E-A. Uh, there are two designs and it comes in four colors, red, pink, white, and light pink, or it's called charity pink on the website. Um, but it's all about reading romance and hanging with your girls. So Mm. which is what Galentine's Day should be about, right? That's right. (laughs) And if you use special code Galentine 14, you will get 14% off your t-shirt orders. So nice. And it's the softest t-shirt. They are the softest t-shirts you will ever wear. Okay. So up next, we have our discord book discussion. Our next discussion is going to be mixtape by Brittany Cherry. And we are going to discuss the book on February 9th. And if you have any questions for the author, Brittany Cherry, we are going to be live with her on February 10th on Instagram with Brittany and special guest hive member Gretchen. I know she is super, super excited. Super excited. I've read a couple other Brittany Cherry books. She is a newer to me author in the last couple months. And she writes a really strong emotional romance, like rip your heart out. So, and mixtape has some rave reviews. So I'm super excited Mm -hmm. to read this and then get to chat with her a little bit about it. Um, So we are hosting, so this episode drops on February the 6th, and then on February 10th through February 14th, we are hosting a giveaway, a blind date with a book boyfriend giveaway. Mm -hmm. So you will want to make sure that you check out our Instagram and our website between February the 10th through February the 14th for your chance to win one of four book boyfriends from one of our authors in the hive. Mm-hmm. And so randomly you'll have your chance to win. We will have four lucky winners. And um, one, if you win, you'll get one of the four random books in your mail and you won't know who your blind date is. Nope. Not until you open that book mail and book mail is the best mail. Book mail is the happiest mail. Mm-hmm. It makes me so happy. Um, it does. So Yeah. <laughs> Four book boyfriends, blind dates. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So a Patreon update. Welcome to our new Patreon members, Karen, Natalie, and Jennifer. We appreciate our Patreon supporters and would not be able to bring you the podcast without them. We currently have four open tiers. Those start at $5 a month and include membership to Drunk Book Club and exclusive content. We also have updated our goals and we would love your help in help in helping us meet those goals. Our first goal is to reach 40 Patreon members. And then once we reach that, we will host another epic giveaway. 
So with our three new members, that hit us to 30. So uh-huh. we've hit 30 once. And then, you know, we understand life changes and sometimes people have to, you know, cancel and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can only be a Patreon for a short time, we totally understand. We get it. Um, but we're back up to our 30. And now we just need to add 10 more people. And if you were there for our 30 Patreon member giveaway, we gave away a huge, huge uh, Penny Reed mm-hmm. um, Green Valley, Tennessee gift box with yes swag and signed books and lots of good stuff um so we do not have the author exactly picked out yet for our uh 40 person giveaway but you can imagine it will be even it'll bigger. be good it we will promise. be good i will be jealous uh, because i was definitely jealous of the penny reed one <laughs> i know you were <laughs> it sucks and it's great to be the host right it is wonderful and terrible when it comes to giveaways because <laughs> when we Leah have can't win anything interviews like tonight <laughs> it is good to be the host it is good to be the host um so we have Drunk, Drunk Book Club coming February the 19th mm-hmm. and we're, and we're reading, reading Becky's my ultimate book all boyfriend time, all time book boyfriend contemporary book boyfriend there's one guy that beats him but he's in historical well he doesn't count right now okay for so reading we, to, to Love Jason Thorne by Ella Mays. And it is a delightful brother's best friend, fake relationship. Romance. So good. It is very good. So good. Um, I just, I loved. And Sebastian York reads the audiobook. Well, that's just wonderful. And he's delightful. Is he? Uh, yeah, I cannot say that I know that for a fact, but I believe you. You should you say it every time you talk about him. <laughs> He's my unicorn. Anyway, new year, new challenge. Uh, we are breaking up our reading challenges of 2022. Um, instead of a year long one, we are doing our current challenge, which is new to you author challenge. So, um, we are challenging you to read at least two new to you authors a month. You submit them into our website so that we know that you're doing it. And then uh, there's monthly giveaways. And then we will have a grand prize um, for book type merch at the end. Do we decide or is it just book type merch at this point? Um, I think we're going with Emily Cromwell designs, mm. which are delightful and beautiful. And because I knew we were like, we had not decided for a little bit. Think, and we were kind of floating stuff around. I think we're going with Emily. I think. Shall be a good, shall be good. Shall be good. You know, we love to do giveaways. We do. We do. Um, okay. Tell everyone what we're doing next time. Okay. Next up, it is time for our hockey expansion draft. So Becky and Heather are going head to head with referee Leah to update their book boyfriend hockey teams. Can they follow the rules? No, they're not rules. They're guidelines. (laughs) They will go back over their picks from last year and add five new players and one goalie to their lineups. So. It's not going to be easy. It's not. 
but there's it's, been a lot of good hockey books that have come out in the past year. Yeah, but I really need a goalie. I gave you like four goalies. Okay, well, I got to read them, but then you make me read 50 other books. And then I had to read Archer because let me tell you, I enjoyed Caught, in love. <laughs> Caught by Love, <laughs> Archer stories. So you're welcome. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 